0: Last summer, I spent a long weekend at a motocross race with my boyfriend's family that was so hick town it only had porta potties for bathrooms. I didn't see my face from Friday until Sunday afternoon in a quick trip bathroom. Again, the redneck nature of this race did not involve showers, so you can imagine the girl I saw in the mirror didn't really look like me or what I thought I looked like. Self-perception is a weird thing. Is it what you see in the mirror or the thoughts you have about yourself?
1: Courtney McNeil, and I like French
2: fries, burning off the of French fries by working out, and Broadway musicals. I'm Kaya
3: Orm, and I like books, pineapple, and Big Ben. I'm Valerie Crow, and I like to swing dance. I love going to coffee shops, and I also have a secret longing to be um, playing Pokemon. <laughs>
0: I'm Clarice, and I like horses, chips, and queso, and I really want a pressed cilantro phone case. Um, Somebody please buy that for me. (laughs) Okay, so welcome to the Modern Story Podcast, episode number one. Today we're telling stories about self perception.
1: So, I'm curious about your uh, look in the mirror. Was it like, dirty or like, what, what, what
0: can you describe it? Well, you know, I mean, this was a pretty intense motocross race. So, just so everybody knows, like, motocross is uh, dirt bikes. And so, this was like a national race. And uh, yeah, there were no real bathrooms and no showers. It was sweat and dirt. And yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're talking about
2: self-perception <laughs> Like yeah. you said, weird thing
0: Yeah, weird thing Yeah, It's going to be a really fun time I'm really looking forward to, I don't know, hearing all of our stories about the different ways we view self-perception and themes similar to that Yeah Yeah, it will be really cool Okay, well, let's get started with Courtney and her story called Why Am I the Way That I Am?
1: I don't know why I felt the need to give my teacher a high five when I was getting off the bus, when he was clearly intending to tell me to stop by holding up his hand. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking when I washed my hands after using the bathroom and I reached for the same paper towel at the same time as the girl washing her hands next to me. Or why I get anxious when someone I see, I know, 50 feet ahead of me and overthink when the right time to say hi is, so I'll stare at my shoes until I'm right in front of them. Or I'll awkwardly wave too early and have a terribly awkward silence between our passing. I don't know what I'm doing when I throw up a peace sign, or when I walk into a room, or when I'm leaving in conversation. Who even started that, and why am I still doing it? <laughs> I don't know what neurons fire in the frontal lobe of my brain to make me stutter and talk too fast when a boy talks to me. I don't know why I shake hands with people in church, and I just can't seem to grasp their hand like a normal person and not interlock our fingers. I don't know why I can't fall asleep if I have a piece of misplaced clothing on my floor or if one of my drawers is pulled out or why I feel the need to put hand sanitizer on after someone gives me a high five. I suppose it could be worse. I don't know why it stresses me out when the blankets in the living room are not folded. And I don't know how I can be this much of a type A and my brother who is also in college doesn't even use a planner or a Google calendar. I can't even blame it on the gene pool. I don't know what I'm doing when someone asks me how I am and I say good, when clearly it has not been a good day, but heaven forbid I actually say how I'm feeling. I don't know why I overthink the way that I walk while I'm walking, or if I'm slouched too much. Speaking of slouched, I really don't know why my posture is so good when I eat in the DC, or why my roommates feel like they need to comment on it all the time. I'm relaxed, I swear. I don't know why I always have the urge to be the best at everything. The Enneagram test says I'm a 3, which is the achiever. How does the Enneagram test even know so much about me from a basic questionnaire? I don't get how they can categorize everyone into 9 categories when it comes to that test. Ultimately, I don't know why I am the way that I am. I know that I wouldn't want to change the way that I am. Imagine how sick I would get if I didn't use as much hand sanitizer as I do. I wouldn't be able to (laughs) laugh at all the terribly awkward interactions that I have throughout the day with my roommates in the evening. And I don't know what I'd do if I wasn't the way that I am.
2: Wow, that was awesome. Yeah. Thanks. How often do you actually throw up peace signs? It's
1: it's really bad. I've been trying to, like, stop myself. I kind of want to wear, like... <laughs> I do wear a ponytail on my wrist. I just, like, snap it every time I do uh-huh. it. like, honestly, after we leave this, I'll probably be like, okay, bye, guys. But, like,
0: juices. She's fine. That's yeah. funny. Oh, that is funny. I also love the comparison between you and your brother. Like, yeah. how... I don't understand how people can get through life without a planner. No.
2: When they're just like, oh, it just, like, stays in my head. Like, how
0: not do it. I... like, good for you. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Props. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also thought it was really relatable when you were talking about how people ask each other oh how are you and everyone just says good but we
3: never yeah. actually talk about our two yeah. feelings and even mm-hmm. if we're talking with something we don't mm-hmm. say it yeah yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah there's also the part where they ask you how you are like halfway past right passing each other oh so my like, gosh I can't yeah. even I hate that. just, just yelling you. behind your head yeah. like i'm good Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> fully turn around walking yeah.
0: backwards running into somebody yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens uh-huh. all the time <laughs> right. oh my gosh
1: yeah
2: that was great
1: Here's Val and her story called Take Another Look.
3: I was at school on a Monday morning wearing some magenta leggings, a skinny black tank top and a gray cardigan. It was right before my first hour when I went to the bathroom for a quick pee break. When I came out to wash my hands, I looked at myself in the mirror. I dried my hands and was looking at the full length mirror and turned to the side to make sure everything was in order. As I gazed at my reflection, I found that I no longer recognized the person in the mirror. The person I was looking at no longer enjoyed her life. She was attractive, sure, but there was no longer a tangible, vibrant energy radiating from her thin, undernourished, and overworked body. It had all started that preceding summer when I became obsessed with obtaining the perfect bikini body. I started monitoring my caloric intake and began exercising every day. I'd probably average around 800 to 1200 calories per day and was running at least three miles and had a full day of nannying with my five-year-old nephew. At the beginning of the summer, I loved to play with my nephew and would easily interact with his crazy energy levels. But as the summer dragged on, I became exhausted and would become easily irritable with him. Thankfully, every day he took an afternoon nap, and it was a great opportunity to recharge and relax, except every day at noon I found myself heading out the door to go for a run. There wasn't a part of me that was going to enjoy that run, and I always dreaded going on that run, and I couldn't tell you why I was doing it. My body told me that I needed to take a nap and get some nourishment, but I had stopped listening to my body a long time ago. Instead, I would put on my tennis shoes and drag myself up the steps and onto that never-ending pavement. After this dreadful routine, my body developed an impression of abs, but it wasn't those super-athletic kind of abs that said I was able to do 20 pull-ups, it was the undernourished kind of abs that showed everything, because there's nothing else in stock. Realizing you have an eating disorder is the easiest part of having an eating disorder, because after you realize you got a problem, you actually have to start fixing your problem. And up until that point, I had always told people that I didn't eat simply because I, was hung- I wasn't hungry, when in reality, I just couldn't bring myself to believe that the calories were actually nef- necessary. Sugar became a temptation to me that I desperately desired, but I wouldn't allow myself to indulge in unless I was willing to give up my supper. Once I had re- realized I had the problem, I didn't know what to do. I told maybe one or two people about it, but never called it a disorder. My boyfriend at the time had been worried sick about my health and tried desperately to get me back into healthy eating habits and to a healthy weight. He recommended foods that I could eat that would make me feel better about eating. He told me to stay away from carbs and try a keto diet, but I didn't want to because then I'd have to admit I really had a problem. Hmm. Eventually I got back to a healthy weight and started to see myself as healthy. I began to realize that my body could take care of itself, and that the calories are actually fuel for my body. And yet, I've never stopped watching people every time I walk to a restaurant. I gauge how much the thinnest person in the room is eating, and I look at their waistline and try to figure out whether it's natural or forced. And there's always been a small voice in my head asking me if the calories are actually necessary. One,
2: two, ready, Uh. That's a powerful story, Val. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that you are okay with admitting that you don't have all the answers and that you mm-hmm. are still trying to figure it out. And and like you said, you still have to have those thoughts in a restaurant, but you're still working through it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I think your story. It's like unique to you, but it's not uncommon for teenage girls to be going through that. Like Absolutely. I'm sure, yeah. like I went through it, like trying yep. to mm-hmm. ma- like manage how many calories you're taking in mm-hmm. your diet, um, and then that like changing moment when you're like, oh, I actually
0: need these to like have energy. Oh my gosh, life
1: changing. And then no, you're like, ah, love eating. It's mad, <laughs> so.
0: yeah. The truth, yeah. Seeing food as fuel is like one of the hardest things yeah. for me.
3: I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you, I also having this history i might like, i see other girls who mm-hmm. have have like that problem mm-hmm. and it's just hard to watch them because yeah uh, you know they have to come to that realization yeah. themselves you just right. want
1: to tell them like you're like perfect the way that you are but takes yourself yeah, to mm-hmm. tell yourself that
3: yeah for sure yeah. Mm-hmm. here's kaya and her story called poker face I have a confession.
2: I don't know what I am doing. People say stuff all the time and I have no idea what they are talking about. I just nod my head along and pretend to understand. But I don't. I'll try to be vulnerable here. But how can I open up about things I don't know when I've perfected my poker face so people wouldn't realize my naivety? On my first day of high school, when a senior asked me if I was working the corner, I wanted to say, uh, what do you mean? But instead laughed it off. In 12th grade social studies, when I had to take the citizenship exam to graduate high school, I wanted to write, I don't know the answer to 75% of these, but I instead used my number two pencil to color in whatever alternating letter bubble should have theoretically come next. (laughs) It has to be C this time, right? (laughs) I don't know anything about drugs. Good thing I'm taking the school health and drugs class. Last week I asked my friend, what's the difference between weed and marijuana anyway? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how a car works. I barely know how to turn the brights on, let alone set the parking brake. I don't know how often I need to change the oil or give my tires more air. One time, I got a flat tire on the road, and I didn't even realize it was flat. All of a sudden, I heard a weird scraping noise, and I thought... That I thought my car was making. I pulled off onto the side of the highway, called my mom, and told her about the weird noise. She told me it was probably a flat tire, but to get out and look. I got out, and lo and behold, the rim of the tire was sitting on the pavement. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of cars, I don't know how car insurance works, or why it even exists. Wouldn't it be better to not pay monthly for an accident I will most likely never get in and just pay for it if it occurs? It has to be less than the monthly payment. Or even better, I will pay myself for insurance. I will monthly put some money away for car damage. (laughs) That way, if it never occurs, I will still have it. (laughs) I am brilliant. (laughs) I don't know how to do taxes, no matter if my dad is an accountant, why do I have to give? up my hard-earned FACMAN money to the government when they just give it back to me in April. I don't know why I forget how to spell simple words, and as an English major, that's a problem. I often have to look up how to spell privilege, because privilege doesn't have a D in it, but knowledge does, and I get confused every time. I don't know why I have to sit and think about the differences between it's with no apostrophe and it's with an apostrophe for two minutes before I figure out which one is correct in my scenario. I don't know who the Al-Qaeda are. When my friends talk about the news, I pretend to understand while mentally taking notes on which words and phrases I need to Google later. <laughs> I don't know why we are fighting a war in Afghanistan. How have we not been able to reach some sort of solution all these years? I'm pretty sure World War I and World War II combined would be shorter than this war. I don't know why I don't fit into social situations all, a lot of the time. I don't know why I have to pretend like I know what everyone else already knows. What is wrong with me? Why am I always oblivious and hiding behind my poker face?
3: One,
0: two, three, four. That was awesome. (laughs) Super, super valid questions to ask myself, too. Kai, you're hilarious. The weed and marijuana thing gets me every single time. It's so sad that
3: it's true. (laughs) I also love how you, like... Talked about the it's thing when mm-hmm. the English majors amongst yep. saying, Yeah, Do it's better. <laughs> yep, I know. Uh-huh. Also, cracked up when you said the Al Qaeda. You <laughs> could have just said, like,
1: Al Qaeda. Oh, no. <laughs> so funny.
2: So
1: funny. Oh, my gosh. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, here is Claire, and her story is called Puke, a
0: Boy, and a Dress. It was spring, junior year of high school. The sun was beginning to stay out a little longer, the snow was melting from parking lot mountains into parking lot small hills, and prom posals were being given by the dozen. My mom drove me two hours from our small town in Wisconsin to somewhere civilized to try and prom dresses. As a horse girl, I had all the curves but hated bling. After searching the store, I found a racy red dress that I loved, but my mom hated Being financially dependent on my mother, I couldn't get a dress she didn't like, so I settled for a dress my mom picked out that was a little out of my comfort zone. Lacy and champagne pink with a jeweled belt around my waist. A princess dress. I frowned in the mirror, but for the first time in a while, I felt beautiful. The girl I saw in the mirror was pretty, and I was not used to feeling like that. As a former homeschooler and not on any sports teams, I was not considered one of the popular girls in my school. I was dating a boy at this time. He was the type of boy that didn't like coming over to my house, didn't like my family, and always had to drive. He is the boy who shall not be named. Nonetheless, I dated him for over a year. A first boyfriend, you don't have anything to compare him to. Raging hormones had me only seeing the good while he only saw the basement of his house. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) After shopping for the princess dress, I was excited to show him. What I expected of smiles and compliments was a flat face and silence. He stared blankly at my fifth-generation iPod touch screen. Go show my mom, he said. I showed Kristen, and she gave me the same reaction. I could see the champagne lace in her glassy eyes in silence. Since the princess dress had already been out of my comfort zone, their reactions felt like a punch in the gut. But the hormones and my own self-doubt enveloped and I brushed the dress situation aside. Weeks went by before prom and the same question kept coming from the boy. Did you buy your prom dress yet? Did you buy your prom dress yet? I was so confused. A week and a half out from prom, I had a really long day. A horse that I was caring for became dangerously sick overnight, and I drank a really bad chai tea latte, courtesy of a sketchy local coffee shop. Shout out to the blend in Eagle River. Um, When I finally got home from this long day, already feeling drained, I received the same questioning text from the boy. Why do you keep asking me this? I clattered into my flip phone with uppercase letters (laughs) and extra punctuation that I hope conveyed my frustration. My mom and I don't like your prom dress at all, was the blunt response. My insides felt like a lake in a storm. The waves in my stomach crashed and bubbled like the spring-fed waters in my Wisconsin backyard. My confidence of feeling pretty in the dress was shot. My insides continued to churn until I explosively vomited for the rest of that night. Bad chai tea? Bad boyfriend? The same effects, I guess. I broke up with him later that week. I had it in my head that this was the last time I would let a boy ruin my night. A good thought, but the following Monday, my night was again ruined as the now ex-boy asked a freshman to prom as a senior. My prom night was not ruined, however. I drove myself in my blue Subaru, listened to jazz, and danced happily on my own. This was my defining moment. Not when I broke up with a boy, not when I explosively puked all over my bathroom, but when I drove myself to prom in my champagne pink dress feeling beautiful. I didn't need a boy to validate me in my dress or insist on driving me in his car. I don't need the permission of others or a prom queen crowned to to feel pretty. I looked in the rearview mirror of my car and smiled at the girl in the champagne pink dress. This is my story. I am beautiful.
2: yay <laughs> I love this story. so good it's so good Uh-uh, thanks yeah I love how like you started with a mirror story and then Val also talked about seeing herself in a yeah. mirror and then you look in your um your mirror of your car that's just like wow Aww. perfect Aww. Yeah.
0: thanks yeah did you go to prom after that or did you? Yeah, yeah yeah so i went to prom that year by myself danced it up it was a good time yeah and yeah then next year i went by myself again so nice. yeah. there you go it's yeah. good yeah I you don't need a fun. man probably had more fun nope. by yourself than you would have with that guy honestly <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't know him,
1: but not a man. seriously <laughs> not a oh
0: my gosh yeah okay so mm-hmm. what have we learned today I think
1: that what I've learned is, you know, these are stories on self-perception and that self-perception is really self-perception. Like, I look yeah. at you guys and I like don't see you the way that you see yourself. And mm-hmm.
3: I yeah. think we're more hard yeah. on ourselves
1: than we think that other people are.
3: Yeah. You always find that you overanalyze yourself. Mm-hmm. That was a, a common theme over our stories. Everybody was just over- analyzing themselves and when they took a step back they saw something totally different mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. why agree. do you think we do that <laughs> I think it's human nature yeah And yeah. we grow up I in the society and yeah.
1: yeah you just hold yourself like these high standards yeah. and you see other people mm-hmm. who want to be like them self-esteem yeah.
3: issues
0: mm-hmm. self-conscious issues mm-hmm. all the issues it's, Yeah. <laughs> we, we all world. have
2: issues <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay yeah oh my gosh oh uh, yeah
0: Yeah.
1: We want to thank some people for helping us out with this Modern Story podcast at Bethel
2: University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks to Nick Swedlund and Alyssa Tay for
3: building the podcast studio and giving us access to it. Thanks to Sam Mulberry, Emma Harville, Emma Pouts, and the two Emmas for showing us how to do a live podcast. (laughs) Thanks to the writers who inspired our stories, and
0: we should thank each other for our edits. Look for the next episode of Modern Story Podcast. And lastly, go tell your grandmother about Modern Story. Or your boyfriend.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Local librarian. <laughs> Pet cat. Pet cat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fitness instructor. Uh-huh. Your middle
3: school boyfriend. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: oh,
3: my gosh.